Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Michelangelo. Happy Friday. It's time for some classic A&G. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. All right. I've gone through the archives of the Armstrong and Getty show. Found some cool stuff. Cute stuff from Joe. Joe and his daughter. We'll be going back to 2010. He talks about the Girl Scouts, and they have their own version of the Pinewood Derby. It's where the girls build these small cars and race each other. I remember being in the Boy Scouts, and that was a big deal at the time. And you'd get your kit, some wheels and a block of wood. And, of course, the dads would help out. And I use the words help out in finger quotes because sometimes you could tell the father did the whole thing. I did my car myself, and, hey, it came in third place, and I didn't know what I was doing. It was a dumb-looking car, but it came in third place. Not bad, out of, like, ten cars. And then some dads, you know, they put weights in it, and they... Did everything they could to try and win the thing. And it was always funny when somebody had a really fancy car and they came in last. So let's go ahead and hit our first segment with Joe Getty when he builds a car with his daughter back in 2010. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm, I'm, I'm viewing my, my choices here. We've a lot of sex this hour. It's been, it's been like a honeymoon here. A lot of sex. Talk about doing the powder puff derby with my little girl. That is much more wholesome. What's the powder puff derby? It's the Pinewood Derby, like uh, oh, Boy Scouts. Okay, this is kind of cool. They're discovering that you know the camping trips and the making fires and the racing cars and stuff like that. The little girls are totally into sure, it. Sure, why wouldn't you be? They love it. I mean, they like making plates with daisies on them too, but they also like doing the other stuff. So, and they're including dads a lot, which is very cool. But. Our car was good. You know who built it? My daughter. I put in the wheels, and I did the, the power cutting. Very little. She told me what she wanted, drew it up. I ran the power tools, almost cut off my finger. But it was plainly a car she made. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, as always happens, some of the cars. Well, I hope the I hope everybody knew the car I made was the car I made, or they might have taken me away from my dad. <laughs> thought your dad was <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah, if they thought he made it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of these cars look like they'd come out of the uh, the prototype plant for Porsche or something well, like what that. What is it's that just, all about? I don't know. I, I and you know what. <sighs> I used to be more cynical than I am these days, although, I don't know, give me a couple drinks. Um, I used to, I had the impulse at one point, as the little girls were up there on the trophy stand with their trophies, I had this impulse, Tourette's-like, to say, hey, have the dads get up there because they built the cars. But I thought, no, (laughs) that'd be kind of an a-hole move. And I don't know for sure, and if it bought the dads and girls closer together, all the better. Maybe it'll keep them off the pole. Well, it's which time. Which is every dad's goal, according to Chris Rock, and he's right. It's a time-honored tradition. I don't know how long the scouts have been doing Pinewood Derby, but maybe 100 years. Oh, but it's been going on that long. Yeah. Where you got half the crowd out there where their kid made their car, and it's about like a car would turn out if a kid made it. Right. Versus the one where their dads made it. And yeah. Looks like it was I, I, machined I, in the, you know, the Smithsonian. I always wondered, hey, did you ever see that car before tonight? Yeah. Had, you, had you even seen that before tonight? Did Dad let you look at it before you ever got to race it? Yeah, I don't know if it was. It, it wasn't as obvious and, and crass as it was back when Deco was a Boy Scout, because I witnessed scenes where the dads was like, "Don't touch it," you know, to the little girls. I don't know if they've got a small Schwanstücke or, or 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 what. I don't know, but uh, I don't know what's the matter with it. Happens. World seems to keep spinning. Yeah, sure enough. Delaney, she had a beach theme. She painted the car sand colored, hmm. and then painted beach balls and and like buckets with shovels and an umbrella in one scene. And uh, I think there was a seagull on one side. I gotta it. believe there's more value in that than if you were like an expert engineer. Don't touch it. You'll dislodge the axle. And had won the whole thing by ten lengths, but she had no hand in it. I gotta believe that there's. What do I know? What do you know? Nothing. Well, that was fun. I built my own car, and look how I've ended up. So it hasn't done me any good. Mm. (laughs) Good point. I'll make your car next year. (laughs) They uh, still make Pinewood Derbies out of Pinewood? Oh, yeah. uh, You get the block of wood, and they tell you to go crazy. The kit's probably exactly the same, huh? little axle, a couple of wheels, and a block of wood, and that's it. Uh They have guys who polish the axles with, like, grinding equipment Mm -hmm. to make the car faster. It's the little nails. Space-age polymer. Lighten up, Francis. (laughs) Yeah, as Joe mentioned, you could always tell the cars that the parents had done. There was always that parent that wanted to win the race for them, not for the kid. Matter of fact, the kid was hardly involved. It was basically they were racing children, which was just really ridiculous. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now our next segment also involves Joe and his daughter. And in this case, it's a school concert. So let's go back to 2010. When Joe notices something's different about his daughter's concerts, I observed something last night that troubled me somewhat, and it's uh, it's not a big deal at all. But something has changed in America substantially and quickly. And he, here's what I noticed. Men don't wear top hats. <laughs> right. Well, you stole my thunder. <laughs> the subject at hand is the uh, school spring band concert at my, my little one's elementary school. Okay. And she is currently playing the trumpet. Oh, awesome. I was a trumpet. Uh, I, I had a trumpet and I blew air through it. I'm not going to call myself a trumpet player. <laughs> well, oh yeah, well, well put. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's playing the trumpet and we went for the spring concert last night. And uh, performing at said elementary school was the fourth grade uh, string ensemble. The fourth and fifth grade band, I think. And uh, which, and then the sixth grade uh, group that had strings and, and a band involved. And they played in that order, as I recall. And they each had about four songs, each of which was no more than two minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, And with the little ones, it's always songs like Counting Fun or uh, one was called Wraparound Blues. Because ba, 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 ba. Bob, and you sit there and you smile and you listen to it. A lesson and, in rests. You know, it's uh, there are there are a variety of uh, odd honkings and uh, sure. screechings and, and and you know with the violins and stuff. But the kids are doing their best and they've worked very hard and and they're so cute up there. Violin definitely the worst instrument to be bad at. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, it's nightmarish. It sounds like an animal's being tortured, really. Although the, the flatulence of a poor trombone player is, uh, and yes, Michael, you might as well go ahead, is really, really terrible. It's right up there with the screeching of bad violin. Now, as a guy who uh, was actually quite good 30 years ago, uh, who never practiced, at least I have, it's it's music, arguable. Mm -hmm. But beginning trombone players, um, it's just, it's terrible. It sounds like the flatulence of a large mammal, you know, an elephant, hippo, Um, and just... I don't want to criticize because they're sweet little kids and all, but I play the trombone and and it's very easy to see what note has been playing being played because you're you got the big slide moving and and I think they were playing unison parts they were all playing the same thing and one lad appeared to be playing notes at random. Um, I've been there. I don't think I don't think he had the slightest idea what he was doing. <laughs> and at one point, you know, it was one of those, uh, this chunk of the band plays and everybody else rests. Uh, they, maybe even they stand up. They have those little feature things. Um, and I turned to Judy and I said, now, are they playing parts? I mean, or, or is that kid playing random notes? <laughs> she said, I think it's random notes. And so I observed him through the concert. And yeah, he was playing. The, he was, I, I'll tell you this. He was improvising. <laughs> He was not playing what the other fellows were playing, and I admire that. <laughs> you can't put him in a box. But one of the most excruciating things about that sort of thing, uh, or it can be certainly, uh, although it was mercifully brief last night, is you got the one band, then the other band, then the orchestra, then the combined band, and then the chorus play, sings, and then the, the other group, the, whatever the heck. And it's long, and your kid's only in the one group. But you always sit through it. And you applaud for the other people, and you say, well, now, and, and this has just changed in the years I've had kids in school. And my big one's 17. My little one's uh, 10. Uh, I guess Kate probably played in her first concert when she was uh, probably nine-ish or something. So this is in like eight years. Now parents just feel free after their kids' group is done, get up and leave. And huh. the place empties until the sixth grade combined is playing for like half a house. And the total thing was 45, 50 minutes long. The whole event. The whole event. It's not like it was six and a half hours long or some sort of festival. I mean, it was it was really short. And it used to be the band director would say, please, everybody, stay and support everybody. These kids have worked hard. Give them a if you listen. Now, they, maybe it was the guy in charge. It, it didn't occur to him or something. But nobody said anything like that. Well, you didn't have to in and the it, past. And every Exactly. And everybody just kind of walked out when they're – not everybody. But a significant amount of people just walked out when their kid was done, and while the uh, bands were changing seats, they just fled. And huh. that would never happen. Is that being selfish? Is it being casual? Is it not caring about the kid's feelings? Is it being is it practical? It not even thinking about it? Is it no longer going through the ridiculous charade of listening to the honkings and scrapings of someone else's child? But it's a change, and I don't think it's probably a change for the better. Maybe you got a Twitter on your iPad, and you have to get home. Selfishness. Hmm. Well, I thought like you're gonna say the whole thing was like three hours long or something. It's Forty-five minutes. You ought to be able to hang out for forty-five minutes. And then, because the schools have no budgets, uh, we all stood around and, and cleaned up all the folding chairs in the auditorium. No kidding. Yep. Wow. 
I can't imagine leaving early just after my kids performed. It's just rude to me. Even at school graduations where there's lots of people and it can be really tedious, I stay for the whole thing. It's a big event. It's important for people. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed those two segments from 2010. Just little tidbits involving Joe and his daughter. I always love those slices of life and I love sharing them here. I'll look for more classic ANG. Until next week, well, I guess that's it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.